0: And you're live with Oria and Carrie oh on mm-hmm. Being Community Radio. Good morning. Good morning. Good evening. The, uh, you asked me a couple of minutes ago if I had any ideas for the show. I said to you, I did send the title to Mr. Libowitz, The Genesis of Leadership. Mm-hmm. Right? It sounds good.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now let's make it good. So uh, Genesis, I chose Genesis because... I come from the Jewish lineage and every year they I guess maybe maybe in the Christian lineage too but in the junior uh, the, in the junior-ish, mm-hmm. the the Jewish lineage we read through the five books of Moses or the Torah the Bible whatever it's called the Old Testament for mm-hmm. us New Testament for you is that correct
1: No that would be the Old Testament for Christians as well okay mm-hmm.
0: so what do you what's the, what do you got
1: Well then then we have the New Testament that's when Jesus came so
0: so it's different books altogether? a
1: prophet. Well, yeah, it's just additional. Like, we still keep up with the Old Testament, too. But then, I don't know, for me, it was a little confusing um, with some components of it. Because sometimes they would still then just go for rules and sort of guidance from the New Testament. But then they would still catch some things from the Old Testament that they'd like to still hang on to for some, like, rules and regulations. And, and that's just... Um, like different uh, spectrums of Christianity, you have w- the different groups that will call on different things.
0: Do you have the? We have the ritual of completing the the book. I mean, studying and reading through the books every year. Mm-hmm. Is that the same thing in Christianity?
1: Um, I don't know. It, no? My my knowledge of it was just like one day a week of, in Sunday school, and I wasn't with it long enough to notice any sort of correlation with that.
0: Well, over time we'll uh, we'll delve into the differences. So, and we start we start that every year. And right now it's the beginning of new uh, of a new cycle. And so it that begins with Genesis. And since leadership is something that we are very involved with these days, at least in our own home and my own uh, desires to grow the leadership aspect uh, within our practice and with the people we're working with. Um, So it could be the, you know, you could either call it the lack of leadership or the attempt for leadership or the really desire to understand and practice leadership. For me, personally, I'm actually more, um, hmm, to be honest, I'm more clear about the lack of leadership in my own process in life, as opposed to what leadership really is. After, you know, I was with you when you encouraged me to quit my job, and thank you very much, and in the five years of of being on my own, on our own, as far as not working for someone else, or not working a typical job, or we, we, we have both left other jobs that we had before, I would have thought... I would have imagined things to be different or I would have taken different actions. I feel like so much of... I used to, for lack of better words, criticize or have opinions about people and the healing arts or people who work on their own and say, okay, when I do it, I would do it differently. And Mm -hmm. I find myself being and doing or have been doing and have been uh, basically behaving in the same ways that I would criticize others for in my own business. Mm. So it's interesting that that we always meet, at least I have always, I've been meeting my own resistance and my own patterns before I have the opportunity to heal or teach, uh, do something differently. So in some ways I'm, I'm definitely frustrated on in a, in a deeper level, oh, how come I didn't do different things or how come I'm not... Uh, doing the things I know I can be doing. And at the same time, I also realize that it's difficult. It's difficult, it's challenging to do your own thing. It's challenging to lead, it's challenging uh, to get yourself out of your own funk. And I don't mean just on a daily basis, Mm -hmm. just the collective cosmic funk.
1: Well, and and I guess for me, what comes to mind and the, the associations I have with leader or leadership. It is about someone or a group of people, whomever it is, but there, there's something for me that's associated with the unknown component of it. The aspect of actually leading to a place that is unfamiliar. So that can, you know, it's, it's right. It's easy to not be in that position and see everything that someone is doing and think or say that, oh, well, this is what you need to do. This is what you need to do differently. But then when you're the actual person doing it, that is going into this uncharted territory, There, there is no absolute. There is no known. Like, people only know after you take the steps. <laughs> right. Yeah. So. Yeah. So there's, there's a certain... Um, there just has to be a certain component there where someone then makes a choice, they make a decision, and they go for it.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. And be okay with, years into it, watching watching yourself still, and I watch myself still mm-hmm. struggle with some of the same insecurities and whatnot the stories that I had 10 years ago. As a matter of fact, it was 10, 11 years ago that I decided okay i 'm going to move out to California and i 'm going to get into the the people helping people business mm-hmm. i'm going to get into the uh, personal development or spiritual growth, whatever you want to call it
1: mm-hmm.
0: industry arena marketplace life and it 's been eleven years and while i 'm very happy to say that i 'm definitely working at full time never have i never have I felt, never have I felt like uh, How uh, how small I'm still playing in some ways, and I feel kind of weird saying it, but it's true. I can tell by the uh, amount of uh, change that I'd like to affect and I'd like to produce or inspire, and I, I feel like I'm at five, five, you know, two to five percent at my capacity. I feel it in my system. Mm -hmm. Now I also relate it back to my own energy level and self care practices and the dynamics of our relationship and just doing something for five years and realizing that for the most of the five years I was, I can't say I was either I was either trying to be someone or I have been just managing and mitigating and really almost in some ways taking a lot of risk and in some ways not taking enough risks just mm-hmm. to... I don't know, I guess that's very normal, right?
1: Well, it does take courage to actually do something different, right? And it even when we become aware of some patterns or things that we want to change, um, uh, I mean, I guess I can only speak for myself, I still see it and just because I don't know what else to do differently and either something new hasn't come to me or I'm afraid of stepping out of what I know to try something new, I'll... I'll stay in something, and I'll sort of see the same patterns that come up again until I actually do something different. But that's what it actually takes to do something different, not to do the same thing. We keep doing the same thing, and guess what? That pattern repeats itself. So sometimes it's a process of of just becoming aware of it, and then sometimes it's also the process of actually taking a different step and not worrying if it's right or wrong, or this is the best possible decision, you know, just to try something different. And that's, for me, a form of leadership, like even just more of like direction, being able to direct your own life and your own choices.
0: Yeah, the thought I had today on my morning meditation walk and whatnot is, and I've had that for, for a little bit of a time now, but that whatever decisions I'm making, whatever I... Want to do, I better. That was like the thought I better go for the highest fantasies I have, or dreams, or aspirations that I have for myself. I better really orient everything that I'm doing to that because it seems like that I can't get away from it. It seems like that every time I mitigate or navigate around, or just say, Okay, well, not yet, and this is I'm going to do this first, and then I'm going to do that. Uh, It really comes, I I come back full circle into a place where I feel uh, unutilized Mm -hmm. or underutilized.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, I guess for me, there's a few things with there because, right, we can have these really lofty ideals and goals. And sometimes that's just not the place where we are And in order for something to actually come into change we got to start from where we actually are. We need to be present with what's actually going on and then takes the steps from, from that point. Um, now, if something is predominant and it keeps on showing up, it's very meaningful. Um, but to just act from that place, um, sometimes it lacks this sort of cohesion that really makes, I don't want to say permanent change because it's not permanent, but to re-pattern that sometimes it it makes it a little more difficult. Right. Mm -hmm.
0: And there is a gestation period for everything. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, I'll I'll get emails and messages about people launching their new book and doing new things, and you can feel they're working it. They're doing all the steps. They're going through the blueprints. They are following proven systems, and they do it. But there's something within me, a lot of times that I can feel that they're just trying to do something And they put a lot of effort into it. And then then a few years later, or even less, usually much less, it kind of just dies, dies down. And I see them try again. And I think that's really an important practice to try new things where the excuse or reason or place where I felt is I have been refusing to do certain things because I know that there is a deeper voice within me that not just wanting to come out, but needs some of the practice. Like I've needed... I've needed to really see what doesn't work for me Mm -hmm. over the past five years Mm -hmm. and I mean I really would have thought I would be in a different place I can't say better but more comfortable less stress Mm -hmm. than I'm in right now and I can't and I take self responsibility for everything Uh, because what we put energy for is oh that's a lot (laughs) yeah I guess so Yeah, yeah, it's true. I could dial it down a little bit. (laughs) I could dial it down a little bit. Mm -hmm. All right, so maybe, you know, you can share some of the responsibility
1: (laughs) with me. (laughs) Uh, You're responsible for you. All right. That's good. That's good. You don't have to be responsible for anyone else. You can be responsive, but you don't have to be responsible.
0: Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Responsive is good. Mm -hmm. You know, really knowing myself, knowing Knowing what it takes and God it really does come down to self care in such interesting ways like uh, this work when we got into it, I think all work that has to do with evolution comes down to very specific basic know, not principles but things, ideas, or more actions, which is presence and self love the capacity the ability to stay present with yourself, knowing what's going on and then actually taking care of yourself having practices that enrich the state of presence that Mm -hmm. enrich the state the ability to respond Mm -hmm. Uh, so you know we're going to go into different ideas of what the genesis of Mm -hmm. leadership is but some of them is presence those are the beginnings yeah Yeah, self love self care we'll be back in a minute
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Back, Aurea Carey, leadership, the genesis of leadership. I so Genesis and uh, the Hebrew beginning of the Hebrew Bible is Bereshit, which every other translation really says something like in the beginning, right? That's how people know. And I had a very wise person educate me the other day about that the most translations let's say, in the beginning, they add a dimension of time, because if there is a beginning, there is an end, and that it's inaccurate. It's an inaccurate translation, but more than that, it's an inaccurate representation of the teachings and the wisdom. Because the moment you begin with in the beginning, the moment you represent the dimension of time into it, then uh, you're trapping people into a journey of right wrong beginning end there is a path and you can stray off it which really kind of represents most religion where the word in hebrew bereshit really has no there's no uh, dimension of time bereshit literally means in the mind or in the head Rosh is head so it's a very deep, <laughs> in some ways, it's a very deep... It's very in there. Very in there, a hint <laughs> or pointer to what the beginning is.
1: The,
0: the beginning, beginning of the conversation. The beginning of the conversation, the beginning of thought, the beginning mm-hmm. of the idea, the beginning of imagination itself. Bereshit is literally the inception of thought in the mind, in the head. The head of everything is a thought and from there you know we uh, light comes out of the darkness because you know without the darkness there is no light and these little hints that have been really told to us for many 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 thousands of years that some of us have taken really literal enough to kill other people and some of us just ignore it I choose to see when it comes up and Really learn from it And it's a good reminder that The genesis of leadership Is your own thought Is your own ideas about who you are Is your own relationship with yourself That's the beginning That's everything really Who I am right now Who you are right now in your life The lack of leadership or what Abundance of leadership You have in your life Really represents The relationship the belief that you have about yourself on a very, very deep level. I know people talk about money all the time and I can really see the relationship of money really does come down to what you believe about yourself or what you believe about, what what your relationship to money is, what your relationship to worth is, what your relationship is to acquiring money, to spending money, to investing money. And it usually comes down from our parents and from our society and all that good stuff. And that's challenging work, or at least it has been challenging for me. That's been the most challenging, is to re-pattern those belief systems. To see my belief about myself, to see the belief about yourself. The real one, not the one that you have been practicing, because practice is good. You know, they say act as if, you've heard that before. Mm -hmm. You know, for me, what I've learned is you act as if so you don't have to at some point. As long as you're acting as if it's just the beginning. Mm -hmm. It's just a good start. Just like meditation is supposed to be a practice where you become one with yourself, where you can observe your own thoughts, where you can actually realize that there is a thinker. But it's just the beginning of the practice. I'm uh, reading a cool book called Writing Down the Bones about writing. And she talks about writing as a meditation practice. That's our meditation practice because just observing your thoughts written down in the paper is more than beneficial. It's It allows you to get to know your own mind. It allows you to get to know your own divinity. And for example, so one of the things that I'm, me and hundreds, if not millions of people like me, are out there, you might be one of them, is our desire to or even love like I have a love for writing which I rarely express but I really do as the years go by I do it less and less and less now that's that's a lack of leadership in my own life it's fun, it's almost sad or depressing or whatever you want to say is how really how the the more years go by the less skillful I feel at it the less good like I, I'm actually afraid like that skill is fading away or even shall I say that gift so we have the duality of more experience in life knowing more of who I am knowing what drives me knowing what doesn't drive me and knowing what I'm faking or I'm trying to be and knowing what's really true for me and at the same time some of the gifts floating away
1: well it, I mean perhaps it can also sometimes what um Keeps us from doing something that we love or that we're intrigued by is actually fear, fear of something, fear of not being good enough, fear that I'm losing my gift, you know. Oh, it's just not as good as it used to. There's something there that actually stops it from leading. And there's like a what, what is that? But it but it's. I mean, for me, it it seems like then it's associated with fear, and then the fear is what's leading, and then that prevents you from doing the actual thing that you want to do.
0: Well, in the next segment we're going to have Dina call in and she's a professional coach and writer and she's been writing a lot, Mm -hmm. at least as far as I'm concerned. Every couple of days I see a new link on another cool website somewhere. I think she, so we'll we'll talk to her about that. But maybe how she's either overcoming it or maybe she doesn't, maybe she's still scared but yet she still writes. Uh, For me, the fear is, yeah, for me, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. You know me for five, six years. What do you think it would be? I mean, I, I really do enjoy writing. Mm-hmm. The fear is something about doing something halfway and not mm-hmm. really completing it. I'm not really sure. Mm-hmm. We got Sam in.
3: So yeah, no, I I, I it just, it, it, it's nonsense. I'm sorry. It, It's just what you're saying is nonsense. Okay, good. From the point of that, writing is all about just doing it. Mm-hmm. And I took creative writing classes in college. I did all kinds of stuff when I was young. I didn't do it for years. And now over the last you know two, three years, I've had to write, albeit short snippets, for the newsletter. Mm-hmm. Twice a week, I have to come up with the thought of the day. And I just was looking at it the other day, and over the last couple of years, I've come up with over 100 kind of thoughts of the day. Now, I didn't sit down and say, oh you know, what am I going to write about? I just knew I had to sit down and write something. You just did it. And I just did it. Mm -hmm. And really writing and all of the, uh, you know, I used to read about when I was a kid, I loved science fiction. I'd read about some of the great science fiction authors like Ray Bradbury and Isaac Asimov and these people. And you know, people always used to talk about writer's block and Ray Bradbury was a big one he said he doesn't believe in writer's block you just sit down at the time at a typewriter and you keep typing until something comes out mm-hmm. and eventually it flows writing is all about the act of writing so what's the nonsense mm-hmm. part? the nonsense part is that you're not as good as you used to be it, mm-hmm. it, it's you know all these the, the fears are not real you know I don't mm-hmm. think
0: it's that for me I mean, it, it's the War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. It talks about the resistance. Anytime you're about to do something really meaningful, there is a part of you, your ego, uh, and it, uh, something that's afraid of rejection, mm-hmm. right? You know, right. really, it, goes, it's not going to be good enough. Don't do it. Mm-hmm. And
1: it's a vulnerability to put yourself out there. Essentially,
0: it's vulnerability to really claim how good I want to be, or something. Mm-hmm. There is a piece. But uh, but it's real for me, nonsense or right. not, it's right, really right. real for me. Uh, that's the yeah, absolutely, it's can, real for you. I but can put my alarm on every day, and uh, I'll st- like I'll fight it. Right,
3: but but you're the one who always says, "I'm only as good as I am." Well, that's then. Then it's really depressing.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: so I mean, but but really, the, the the solution to that fear, that stuff that holds you back, is is so just right to it. sit down and do it to just give yourself whatever kind of framework that works for you that just says once a week.
0: I just connected to that. And when I said, when I talked over you, the solution for it is to write about it, is to write the truth, and that isn't what I'm afraid of. Mm. Mm. I've always been struggling with that, with the fact that if you really knew who I am, you really knew my fears, my ups and downs, my neurotic uh, sense of self, the how much do i love you and how much of an idiot i think you are at the same time <laughs> that people would just get away from me or they would leave because they 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 would take one of those thoughts and be like no but that's what they really that's that's who he is where i find myself and that's a conversation i just had recently i have, i the, the duality of who i am is so intense and i know that it's like there for everyone so i say it knowing that the The recognition of how thrilled I am at times to be alive and how mm-hmm. terrified I am that i 'm stuck in a strange loop mm. uh, is so real that exposing myself like I'll, sometimes i 'll do it for a little bit i 'll write something i 'll post something and i 'll feel that fear and i 'm having a challenging time for ten fifteen years now to do that consistently because i don 't want to paint i don't want to tell the truth basically. <laughs> It
3: sounds and i could be it could be I could be wrong, but it sounds like right there's a fear of pissing people off or turning people off and and what the the thought leaders that I follow, Seth Godin, and all these guys always say is and you know in your authenticity is where you find your real tribe, so the people who will get pissed off by the writings. Are not the real people that you're writing for anyway, and and the people who are drawn to it, those are the people that you're
0: writing for. And I think you're right because that's what I'm faced with right now in the business, and when I'm in mean the business, because I can see the ins and out. I'm experiencing less flow or more flow, and I can connect it to the truth of who I am. And I can see that, for example, we have a session of l- leadership this. Uh, mm-hmm this coming weekend now in my i can see that that represents or reflects who i am because there's a part of me that doesn't want to invite anyone Mm. and i just want to see who wants to be involved and then it's quite the opposite there's a part of me that knows no this is the one session actually to reach out to people and say hey let's work together right so that fight or not fight dance 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 within me represents everything my financial life my family life my partnership uh with you care bear and my partnership with the community and yes i am committed or recommitting or whatever it is to share my truths because i don't really have any other choice at this point right because if i keep going this way then i'll keep complaining and break these rules of mine almost given up cuz i never saw an end inside all my life been waiting for a chance to
2: break free
0: when i was uh, 7 or 8 i wrote a letter to my dad and I was really, my dad was in in America, South Africa. I'm not really sure where. I haven't seen him in quite some time, at least a couple of years. And I wrote him this letter. And I always remember, I always remember the the tone. uh, I remember the opening. And it was very, very, it was descriptive about where I was sitting and my feelings. And I remember just describing uh, watching Birds sitting through the window and watching birds flying and really wishing that I could fly as well and my dad bought a plane ticket and came to visit me because of that letter and it made a big impact and who I am as a writer uh, really likes to reveal those ups and downs those highs and lows of my emotions and yes quite frankly I know that that's where people really do connect to me and my authenticity and at the same time it is. It, it 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 feels like sheer. It feels like terror, to expose it. And I'm, thirty six years old. There's people who support me. Everything in my life, uh, like yeah. you said, Sam. It's it. It sounds like a nonsense, but it isn't for me. Right. Yeah. Do we have Dina on? Yeah. Hey, Dina.
2: Hi, Aurea, How Hi. are you?
0: Good. You're backing up. <laughs> So, I'd love your. We'd love for you to weigh in on this. Hi,
2: Oria. How uh, are you?
0: Great. The terror of <laughs> writing your truth because I know you've been doing it.
2: I have been doing it, and it's really scary.
0: We get to be with like those DJ hosts. They say, "Hey, make sure you turn off, blah blah, the radio." <laughs>
2: Are you getting some feedback from me?
0: Yeah.
2: Okay, hold on one moment.
0: It's the resistance. It's trying to separate us from our (laughs) missions and vision.
2: How about now, Aria? Yeah, we'll
0: know later by the comments. So, what talk to us about the? I mean, is that terror real, or is it only mine?
2: me, the terror um, was real for a while. Um, you know, when I first started writing, I was obviously terrified about what people would think about what I was writing, you know, really similar to what you were talking about. Um, and also, I work in the corporate world. So I was talking about a lot of things that were very personal to me um, that people didn't know about. And, um, and I had a certain image that I projected at work and in my writing, what came out was really, um, who I was. And so, uh, the first few articles I wrote, um, I remember every time I posted them, I would almost have like a panic attack about it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, what are people going to think? And, um, what I soon found was that people, I became a lot more relatable to people when I put myself out there um, and I was vulnerable. And um, I definitely as time went on, the fear became less and less because so many people were impacted by um, my authenticity um, and my rawness in my writing. Um, and I realized, you know, like every time I wanted to write about something that I was, uh, you know, a little bit skeptical about because I thought there were these handful of people that were going to react to it. Um, I always thought to myself, but what about the hundreds of people that might actually heal from what I have to write or what I have to say? Or what about the hundreds of people that need to hear this one message um, about a personal experience that I've been through? And um, it wasn't long, like after a few articles, I started to get um, a ton of emails from people I didn't even know saying that um, something that I wrote just completely changed or shifted something inside of them. And, um, and then after that, honestly, Ori, I just started to uh, – I really let go of the fear. It, it's, it's not about being a good writer. Um, it's really about having a message. And I think we all have a message. You know, we all have something, some kind of experience in our life that um, is really important to share with other people. And writing really gives us a platform uh, to get it out there to thousands of people uh, that need to hear it. So I've noticed that people aren't so concerned about how great a writer I am as opposed to, you know, how real a writer I am. And so that's why I'm always encouraging people come to me and say, you've been really inspiring me. I really want to write. I always say, just do it. You know, absolutely, just do it. They're, the only thing that stops people is really just fear of what other people are going to think of them.
0: You, you said it's not about how good of a writer you are; it's about your message. I want to ask you because that seems. If people always look for their message, uh, how about it's not for you? It sounds like it's not that it, it's about how real you are, and then the message comes through. Would that be accurate? Or or do yeah. you or do you have? Or do you have, like, a background message always happening and that's why you're able to be real?
2: Um, I think that I always start from the place of um, something happens that really touches me or moves me or something happens where I've had uh, a personal transformation shift. and. Okay. I really when I decide to write about something it's cuz it's really calling to me like I'm, or or I'm talking to people and I'm seeing the same themes come up over and over again. Like right now the biggest thing I see and I keep hearing is just everyone struggling with the I'm not enough story and the self-love story. And I think we've all been through it and so when I hear it repeatedly over and over I feel very called um, some you know whatever you believe in whether it's God or spirit or the divine I feel very called to um, put that into words um, what I'm hearing from people and then how to you know how I myself have struggled with that and and um, what I've done to actually change the patterns because as Carrie was talking about earlier you know inherently we are who we are but You know, when you change your behavior over time, it does become more a part of you. And it's really just practice. And so, um, but I think the one thing I've always tried to do, no matter what I write, is to be really honest. And I'm going to be honest. That's really hard sometimes. Like when you're putting yourself out there and all these people you know are going to read it, Mm -hmm. there's a tendency to want to paint this a better picture of yourself, (laughs) Like I'm doing way better than I actually am. Um, But what I've learned to do is to actually not do that because it makes people feel better to know that I also struggle or that we all struggle. You know, that's what we all actually um, I don't know. That's what we all actually uh, are struggling with is just the perception of what people think.
0: Now, yes. That's a. Is that, is it really that simple? Because my resistance goes, and I'm convincing myself that it's like a deeper. It's almost like a deeper layer, of, you know, the my my, the the shadow, the part of me that's afraid of the larger commitment, the the part of me that doesn't want to be exposed to the point of no return is fighting it. Uh, again, you already crossed that threshold. You have been writing consistently, right? Do you, this is, or, is, or is the struggle? Do you, do you still struggle, or you feel yourself now? Wh- what's your new struggle, if shall we say? Maybe that can help us. <laughs>
1: what
2: do I, What am I still struggling with now?
0: Yeah, uh, if writing was, if writing the truth was a, a struggle at some point, but now you have consistency in writing, and the fact that you are getting messages and emails and. You really get to help people. That really helps you. Uh, what, what is what is the next uh, layer in your peeling of the onion?
2: If I think it's definitely writing about things that I still carry shame around. Um, I've definitely sort of touched the surface of it in some of my writing, and I've alluded to things that have happened in my life but there's certain things I am still hesitant to really dive deep into. And I would say that has more to do with um, upsetting maybe other people that were involved in that situation. Um, And I don't know. I think, honestly, Ori, it's also about um, really exposing the really, really deep shadow stuff, that I still carry. Um, cause we, it's, it's there, we all have that deep shadow stuff. It's really difficult to look at that. And I feel like, um, once I really, um, go into that part of my story, there's no stopping it. So I think there's things that I've been willing to talk about and there's a lot of things I've been unwilling to talk about. Um, So that's where I'm still stuck and that's something I'm trying to transcend now because I'm in the process of writing a book and I want to be able to be completely authentic in it and talk about all of the things that have happened and the way that I've navigated through it and the way I'm still navigating through it because I'm still navigating through it every day. Um, So I think you just, you know, for people that want to write, I think that, you know, you just start simply, you start with the stuff that's easy for you to talk about. Um, and then when you start to see the response or how it's affecting people and how it's helping to heal other people, I think that's when you start to get a little bit more, um, a little braver and, um, a little bit more courageous and you start, you get out of your own head a little bit and get out of your own way and you become a little bit more, um, vulnerable in your writing, but it's a process like anything else. Um, and I'm still in the process you know like I feel like I'm going to be writing for most of my life and I have really just you know started in the last couple of years I mean I've been a writer my whole life but I haven't been a published writer my entire life
1: so it, it seems then that when when sharing something really authentic because there are these different layers and levels that there's still always like with a good writer there's always going to be a certain uh feeling of rawness and vulnerability because you are sharing something that is uh, that is your truth and something that is authentic and then especially when exploring these deeper levels of consciousness and awareness we we do come into more of the fertilizer and the shit that makes the roses grow right so it, it seems like um it's just a a place of of getting comfortable with that sort of exposure.
2: Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's definitely not easy for Mm -hmm. anybody, especially um, not myself. But um, I think if people could really keep in mind that everybody's going through something and everybody's got shadows and everybody's got things that they don't want to talk about, I think it would be a little bit easier for people to write about the things that um, they're still scared of. And I know for me, like there's certain writers that I absolutely love and adore because they're so raw and they just talk about everything and anything. And typically when I'm reading their work, I'm like, yeah, me too, me too. (laughs) You know, I get excited, like I don't feel so alone. And so it really inspires me to Um, to really share some of the shadow stuff Mm -hmm. that uh, I struggle with. And I have to say, like, those are the pieces and those are the articles that I get um, the most response from. I hear from the most people. Sometimes the greatest compliment I can get was like, wow, um, you really went there. You know, and sometimes people, I don't know how to take that. Sometimes I get, like, was it too much? But then I know when I've hit a nerve with somebody that I actually – Uh, push past the barrier that I have in my writing. Like Mm -hmm. when it makes people uncomfortable sometimes is when it needs to be said. You know, we can't sugarcoat everything for people, including myself. You know, like I can't sugarcoat a lot of things that I've been through or I've done or the mistakes I've made. It's just better to um, put it out there and, you know, be okay with what people think because we're all different and everybody's going to have an opinion. Um, and it 's not going to be the same as yours, so if you put yourself out there publicly, you just have to go in with the expectation that not everybody's going to agree with you know, what you have to say, and they may form opinions about who you are as a person, and that you have to be okay with that. Yeah,
1: sounds like it's a true leadership there
0: <laughs> we'll come back in a minute.
3: The pieces from this game called
0: life. Not every piece has a box that fits just right. All my life been waiting. For Dina, have you seen an increase in the way, I mean, an increase in effectiveness and uh, courage? should we say in the way you are dealing with your coaching clients due to your writing? Like, d- does it, do you feel like you have to explain less or even teach less because of all of the work you've been doing, just writing it out?
2: Definitely. <laughs> um, my, my struggle now and the thing that I'm dealing with and am writing about is, um, really setting boundaries because, um, I am, you know, I do currently work in the corporate world still. And so I'm having to find the balance between taking clients um, and taking care of my kids and writing. And I'm constantly fighting against what should I do? What's the most important thing? Because it's all so important to me. Um, but I think I just, you know, I've, I've realized. Um, Day by day, I really just, um, I do where I feel called. So, you know, if I'm feeling really called to write, I let everything else go for that week and I write. And if I feel really called to take on more clients, I do that. Um, Right now I am trying to fit all of it in and I am doing it, but something has to give. (laughs) So I'm in that process now of letting something go. And so most likely it's going to be my corporate job. Um, because this is the work that I'm truly passionate about, and this is what I've wanted to do my entire life, is to, is to write and to help people and to um, be a small part of people's transformation and awakening. And um, that calling is so strong that um, I can't just do it part-time anymore. So I always have so much respect for people like you and Carrie, who have left jobs and you know, are devoting your life to, um, helping people through things and, um, bring, you know, awakening people and bringing awareness to, um, their shadow sides and helping to facilitate that process. And, you know, it's taken me a while to step out of the person that I was sort of raised to be and step into the person that I really am. And that, um, I know I'm supposed to be from now to the day I leave this earth. So it's tough. Um, the balance is tough, but um, like anything else, I tend to just kind of listen to my heart, um, you know, meditate, ask spirit where I'm supposed to be focusing my energy. Um, and right now, um, right now it's in my writing. So I'm going to be diving more full force into that, you know, over the next few months.
0: And you have a vision or dream of publishing A a book with a specific message, or is just the first book kind of thing?
2: This is going to be the first book. Um, I think I have two that I've had in the works for a while. Um, But the message of the first book, or the one I'm working on now, is um, about the not being enough story that we all carry, and um, sort of my journey to finding self-love. And, um, and it's really a compilation of a lot of the stories and a lot of the articles that I've put out there already, but with a lot of, um, a lot more personal information kind of peppered in there. But it just seems to be, I really want um, the book that I published to be something that appeals universally to both men and women. And I'm finding that um, just, it's, it's a thing that holds everybody back, no matter how old they are. You know, I'm surrounded by people that I work with, and some of them work for me, and they're in their 20s, and some of them I report to, and they're in their 50s, and they're all struggling with the same thing. And I feel that, you know, there's always a way to reframe what we're going through and what life has thrown us. And I, I think that's key, and it's something that um, that has to be taught, you know. And that's what I do in my coaching is I teach people how to reframe their current situation, how to look at it differently. Because, you know, you can be the victim of your story or you can, you know, change the ending of your story. You know, we always have a choice. Um, And I think people sometimes feel like they're a victim. And I know I felt like a victim for a long time. And that's where the work um, really, really helped me. And the people in my tribe and in my community, um, you know, really taught me was, You know, I didn't have to be a victim, and as long as I stayed in that story, I wasn't going to heal. And um, I really want to show people that they can heal from anything that they have gone through in their life and anything that they're going to go through that, you know, they're going to make it through and that the, the universe always has something better in store for us. So, you know, sometimes we need to let go of something good to bring in something better. You know, we need to create the space for it. So it's, the book is, is really going to be about how to reframe and how to look at everything in our life as a gift uh, and a teaching moment um, and just a, a, a beautiful part of our spiritual growth and our spiritual journey, even when it's painful. Because, you know, we definitely don't learn when things are hunky-dory and life is going perfectly. We, we learn who we are through the challenges and through pulling ourselves out of those.
1: Yes, well, it it sounds inspiring and and much needed.
2: (laughs) Thank you, Carrie. (laughs) It's true. And
0: uh, so before you came on, we were saying how perhaps the genesis of leadership is self-care, self-love. So you're talking about perspective. You're talking about reframing uh, and how about the actual practices or rituals that have worked for you or work for you especially with your balance as raising kids and having a, multiple jobs and a writing career do you have specific uh, rituals and practices that you can share with us that you know has worked for you just so for us to get some kind of a pattern that maybe we can learn from
2: yeah definitely um You know, meditation is huge. Um, Definitely, I meditate every day. Uh, I have a long commute in the morning, and people find it odd that I meditate in the car, but I do. Um, I've got a meditation app, and I put that on. And um, So meditation definitely is key. Um, Creating space to just be alone is really important to me. Um, I think that when we're constantly giving to other people, um, and we don't take the time to actually, uh, be by ourselves to sort of recharge. We really have nothing to give. So, um, for me, I just need to schedule in, um, some time when I'm just by myself. Um, being in nature is huge for me, um, going for a walk, uh, going for a hike, um, just being physically active, um, it makes me feel good about myself and, you know, it, keeps my energy level up and so that has been really big for me um and setting boundaries which is something I'm still struggling with um and it's it's learning to say no to people and it's learning um I'm learning how to protect my time a little bit better I'm learning how I'm learning that I don't always have to be there for every single person that needs me and that part is hard especially when you're in this work and um, we want to be there for people and we want to help them. But sometimes we have to allow people to help themselves. And so that's something that I'm still practicing and I'm still learning how to do is to really set boundaries with people who are sucking my energy um, and just and my time. And, um, so I would say those are the real, the, the big things that I've learned to do for myself. And I try to do it on a daily and weekly basis so that I you know, have the energy to, to do all the other things I want to do. And definitely time with my kids, like just total downtime where we're not doing anything. We're just snuggling in my bed and, you know, hanging out on the couch, watching a movie. It's just, there's nothing that recharges me more than just, like laying with my children which i'm sure you know (laughs) because your son's adorable (laughs) Mm -hmm. but just that special time with you know the kids is really what um makes me want to make the world a better place
0: that's beautiful so meditate time for yourself time with nature movement and obviously, time with uh, love. So a lot, a lot of a lot of time where you kind of take yourself out of the, of the perceived race or things to accomplish, and just be with yourself, reorient yourself back to the flow of life. Uh, it, I'm just curious. So you listen, You're driving in the car and you're listening to meditation, and you find yourself like just having, like, just zoning out and having no thoughts. And that really works for you?
2: Um, I don't. The way that I meditate is maybe a little bit different. Um, that's good. That's, that's I I'm listen. Asking. Okay. I listen to messages that I'm getting from spirit or from the divine. Um, sometimes I just ask the question, what do I need to know today? Um, or I might be, you know. Oftentimes, like, we wake up and we've got something on our mind that, you know, is driving us crazy. And so often I ask for guidance on how to handle it or how to process it, and I listen. Um, and I, you know, over the past few years, I have really um, I've become very, very tuned in to the other side and to the divine. And so I have seen those messages manifest into reality, so I know that I can trust them. Um, I think a lot of times people think they hear a voice in their head and they think, "Oh, I'm just talking to myself and you know this is bullshit. And it, it, I, I tell people it really is a message from your guides and your angels trying to help you. And you have to trust you, you have to trust it and you have to trust yourself. Um, wow. We're all deeply, deeply intuitive. And really, the only way to get those messages because people ask me this question all the time that I work with. Well, how do I tap into my intuition? How do I get messages from my guides? And how can you hear them? You just gotta listen. And so you have to get quiet. Mm-hmm. How do you people have to? How do people just get well, silent?
0: I'm getting the. Uh, I'm getting the. We have to go off there. How do people find you, Dina? Let's just finish.
2: Um, they they can find me on my website. It's at
0: can you spell um, it out for us?
2: And all of my, you know, all of all of my articles are on there, all of my published work, my blog, uh, my coaching services, everything is, everything okay. is on my website. So one more time. What is it? It's www.dinastrada.com. Thank
1: Yay. you. Thank you so much.